everyone, it's Monday, I'm David, this is the Snakescast, and with me once again is Jeff LaChapelle. Hey, how's it going? And today we are going to be discussing resource management games. So, just before we started recording, Jeff and I were having a discussion about what resource management really is, and we would like to share that with you because I think we sort of followed through an interesting path to get to a definition of this. And the reason I was talking about this is that I saw some definitions online that I disagreed with wildly, um, which were things like anything where you have a resource of some description is a resource management game. So if you're having to manage money in Monopoly... (laughs) Which is, like technically not wrong but if you're going by that shtick then every single board game almost ever that has some kind of exchange becomes a resource management game and there was actually a reddit thread that said exactly that that every game is resource management and that this this person had come to see it as a bit of a joke in their game group yeah of let's play a resource management game because to them it meant let's play a board game yeah exactly now i think we can filter it down through me to jeff through the following method, which is that I thought about this and I decided that resource management, to me at least, meant one of two things. It either meant that you have multiple resources that you are having to balance and manipulate and use in, you know, the best way. Am I going to save these things up to get this or am Mm. I going to spend them sooner to go and get this? Or you have one resource... But unlike having it in Monopoly where you're just using it for one purpose, essentially, you have multiple uses of that and you're having to balance your accounts, essentially, to make it work, make make what you have work in multiple different directions at once. And those are both really good, but they kind of obfuscate what actually makes a resource management game unique from other types of games, at least in my opinion, is that both those things are good definitions, but what it really drills down to in both cases is you're, ma- you're managing resources in a certain way, and that way is what I feel really makes a resource management game, which is efficiency. Okay. All these games really delineate down to whether or not you're dealing with multiple resources or a single resource, whatever it is, you're trying to be the most efficient, the best planned person putting together all these resources. You're usually given in a resource management game some kind of knowledge of what's coming up in the future if there is some level of random chance. And usually in these games, random chance is very limited. Right. But that usually that random chance stuff is given with some warning. My favorite examples are in Ticket to Ride, you have the market of cards that are available. Sure. And knowledge of what the card pool is and knowledge of what other people are taking. So you know what everyone else is doing, you can play around them, you can play to block them, but you know what's going on and you know what's coming up for the next couple of turns. Mm -hmm. Another example is in Power Grid, where you have a whole litany of power plants that can be purchased, and a huge line of what's going to be coming up down the road. And in all cases, you know what's coming, so you can plan your acquisition, your expenditure, of whatever resources you're dealing with, with a better value in mind. So in many ways, uh, maybe not perfect information, but certainly closer towards perfect information on the scale, it is, is, is almost something that is, is vital to creating a pure resource management game. Absolutely. And the issue here, the reason there's randomness, is that a pure resource management game is extremely boring. Yeah. A pure resource management game is just, here's the goal, whoever can count to 100 first with these stones wins. Right. And then all the game is, is just a race of you and I working to solve the game. Sure. Because at the end of the day, in an efficiency game, there is a way to do it perfectly. 
Yeah. So the random elements are essential in a board game to keep it fun. It means that there's no easy solve to the game. There's no... And the unpredictability of the game means that different strategies can be viable. Well, I think what's so interesting in what you said just there is there is a game called The Game. Oh, uh, no. we we Googling that is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. <laughs> uh, but that is literally counting from 1 to 100. Or also counting from 100 to 1. It's not resource management at all, but I think it demonstrates your point. You have... Two cards that go from 1 to 99, and two cards that go from 100 to 2. And then you have all the cards in between, so 3 to 97 or whatever it is. And what you have to do is go around the table and play a card, but you can never play a card on the up pile that is lower. So in the 1 to 99, if I play the 3, you can't play the 2 on it. And you can never do the other one the other way around. But this is exactly it. You're counting from 1 to 100, but they knew you can't just count from 1 to 100 and have a good time. So they wrapped it up in this really quite confusing and challenging yeah, game. I would counter even that has some random element which is the hand distribution. Absolutely. And 100%. Because you literally can't make an efficiency game of count 100 because then we just go back and forth until someone does it. Just so. So yeah, there's a very, very good example there of, of how somebody tried that concept and has made a game out of it. And, and this is, I think, kind of the thing. And we're going to get more into it in the later episodes this week, but... As a result of this, if, if this is what, what our working definition is, mm-hmm. these are simultaneously some of my favorite and some of my most hated board games Interesting. possible. And usually what it comes down to is the framework they build around it. Right. Is that when the game is just about being efficient and has a very... It's usually around the shell they build around a game. If right. it's just about being efficient and here's like a generic theme and just like do the thing. A great example being Splendor. Right. Splendor is very much one of these games of be as efficient as you can and just do the thing. Yeah. And as a result, has a massive first player advantage to the game. Unfortunately, it does. It's Uh, true. Yeah. And and those games I tend not to like because they really are just very bland and very dry. But when you get into games that create a really strong shell around them, Mm -hmm. that have a good narrative or at least like a good way to pull you in and a good, a well-crafted random element to keep the game fresh... The classic example being Ticket to Ride does a really good job of having a random element. It's very basic, but that doesn't mean it's bad. No, not at all. And then later on, we'll talk about games like Scythe that are just my absolute just nirvana for board games. (laughs) Well, and that's going to be a a game to talk about on Friday because that's something that takes the resource management concept but kind of breaks it slightly in really interesting ways. But Ticket to Ride, let's come back to that. I mean, Mm. one of the best known games in the world it's got to be at this point. How many copies is it sold? I can't remember. It's in the many millions. You know, Uh, over the storied 20-year history of modern board games, it is itself a new Catan. Well, it is, and it's one of very, very few games that can claim to be in the millions probably. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what's a contemporary print run these days 2500 maybe what makes ticket to ride such a great resource management game i mean you've you started to touch on it but let's dig into that for a minute yeah absolutely uh, to me the key thing is just how well it does it's random factor right it presents you with just enough foreknowledge of of what's available in the market mm-hmm. and the a- ability to ignore that and just go for the top of the deck Right. For your own strategies, which is keeps information secret as well. Yeah. But it gives you just enough foreknowledge of what's coming up, but also has enough random elements and the board is varied enough that the different shuffles of the deck create different optimal strategies every single game. Sure. 
And for those who haven't played, the, the market just referring to, uh, when you're playing this game, you have five cards off to one side of the board uh, that have been turned face up, and you can see them and you can draw from them at any point. And then there's the rest of the deck, which will refresh those cards as soon as they're taken, but which will also be a, that blind draw pile that you're talking about. And you're then collecting those, and, and it moves from sort of the collection of cards into the hand management of cards into the spending of cards to place your trains down on the the map that you're playing on. And I think that's something else about resource management is it seems to me a really good resource management game. The resource management part is A plus B plus C equals resource management in the sense that you have there the drafting into the hand management into the actual spending of the cards Mm. is all a part of a resource management structure. It can be. As we're talking about it, I think a really interesting other mechanic that Ticket to Ride incorporates through exactly that is the push your luck mechanic right and that's something some resource managements do and some don't Mm -hmm. uh jaipur is a great game that makes use of the push your luck mechanic absolutely i know that you're going for this and i have some cards that do that do i want to just cash in now or can i squeeze out a little more before you try and cash in on the same thing Mm. ticket to ride incorporates that in a strategic way where you can cash in right away for something small, or it could be to block an opponent, or you could give up on your current plan only to uh, affect another opponent negatively. Yeah. Well, and there's another wonderful example of that that's come out recently that I've now played a couple of times, and I'm start, you know, I've I've grokked it, I think, and I really enjoy it. And that's Ethnos. Uh, have you got mm, around to playing this guy yet? Okay, so you have a, a, a map of. Uh, a fantasy world. Um, one thing I'll state straight off the bat: all the art here is by John Howe, um, who's one of the original Tolkien artists, uh, oh, okay. and it's very Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah, I actually remember seeing this. the The board aesthetic didn't really grab me, but is is it the board the- aesthetic is a little bit kind of bland for me? Mm. The art, the, the the beauty of the artwork is all in the cards that you're playing. Um, but the idea is you have these six provinces on a board, and you're collecting sets of things. And when you have a set that you're ready to play. You play it out, and that lets you hopefully take a little bit more control of one of the six regions on the board. And each, you're playing with different fantasy races, and depending on who is leading the set that you just played, you get to use a special power uh, unique to that race. And you go back and forth and back and forth until uh, basically you've almost got through the deck. It's a little more complicated than that, but unnecessary to go into now. And uh, you score up and you do that two or three times based on the number of players and whoever has the most points wins. But it's very ticket to ridey in the sense that there are a number of cards available face up um, to pick from. Or there's the face down deck that you can draw. So the market is very similar. But the face up cards never refresh from the deck. Oh, interesting. When you play down your band, let's say I have seven cards in my hand and I play down a band of three, mm-hmm. I then discard the other four face up and they become the market. Or so they add to the Very Jaipur style. Very Jaipur style. Um, but it does it in a, in a, in a much mm-hmm. more complex game. And it's kind of those two, Ticket to Ride and Jaipur, uh, blended together in a way. And you see that, that right there, right away to me, strikes me as how... That's already a more in-depth game, just because it gives you more perfect information. Absolutely, and it doesn't. Ha- it's not actually that much more complicated. The hardest thing is learning what each race does. Mm-hmm. Um, but you only play with five or six of them based on number of players, so you just quickly learn that and off you go. Uh, but so the, yeah, the gameplay is is very similar in many ways, and uh, in terms of complexity level, it's maybe. 20% more complex than Ticket to Ride, I think. Mm. Um, Another yeah. great example of that is just um, of just taking one mechanic slightly farther mm-hmm. is we were just talking about how I 
do not like Splendor. I yeah. think it's it's an interesting, it's great aesthetics. It's a well-designed game. It's just not very well put together from, like, a, it's too resource management. It's sure. too efficiency focused. Uh, Century Spice Road mm. is super cool because it, it count, does a great job of counterpointing by being another very efficient game. Yeah. It does a great job of... of giving taking away first player advantage yes but also with the resource conversion it makes for a much more in-depth and much more complex efficiency game it's still another game of who can math the game the best wins but it does a good job by creating all of the conversions and all the different ways you can get rewards obfuscating it and varying the pathway well and you also have i think there's that interesting concept there of because your scorecards are on a conveyor belt uh, mm. the oldest card to be drawn also has the three-point bonus, at least early in the game, of being able to pick up a coin until they are depleted. And so that card may actually be not as inherently valuable. It might be a couple of points less than the next one, but you get that bonus, and so is it worth more? And there's yeah. just there's a little bit more to it than simply, that's the biggest card there. I take that, I've done the best move. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the case. Anyway, that's probably all we've got time for today, but we're going to come back on Wednesday and go into some slightly more complex games that use the resource management scheme, and we will see you then. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers.